What Jakob does a lot of times isn't necessarily showing up on all the stat sheets, but if you're a coach, if you're a teammate of his, you love him. That will show up, Jack. And right here, turn in the corner. Bogdanovich so crafty trying to sneak that by you. The second defender giving a chew of help. Everyone said that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster were planning a rebuild, a retool, or a tank. But with the acquisition of former Raptor Jakob Pertl, a seven-footer from San Antonio, who of course went over there as part of the Kawhi Leonard trade in 2018, the Raptors seem to have kept the squad together and seem to be on an arc where they compete. Now, the results with a record of 27 and 31, don't seem to match it. But we want to dissect exactly why the front office made this rather bizarre trade. Varal, Jacob Pertl objectively is a good player. He's a seven-footer. He protects the rim. He's quick. He's intelligent. Sets great screens. He's in many ways what the Raptors need. But is he what the Raptors needed at this point in this particular season with their record and the way they're playing? I think the Raptors, by far and away for me, they had the worst trade deadline. Ooh. That, that's Ooh. all I'll say. I, that's, I'll uh, say this. That's, that's harsh. This particular trade in isolation is not a bad trade. It's a good trade. But I think if regular listeners of this podcast knew my position going into this trade deadline, I was like, we need to be looking to trade some of these expiring contracts. We need to at least make one or two moves away with players who we don't see fitting into the future because we're not in a position to compete as of right now. This trade does not change that. This is not, we haven't acquired some superstar center. So we are still not championship contenders. So I can't understand why we've just given away another first round pick. Is the idea now that Pertle is a long-term piece for us? Uh, that to me even seems bizarre um he's he's not that young um i guess he's on similar timelines to your og um ananobi so maybe the idea is you know og ananobi maybe trent maybe scotty and then siakam's a little bit older but this just doesn't make us a title contender i think i don't know what the idea was why didn't we trade anyone else away i i don't do you think they actually think we can contend for this year, Kamel? Do you think they think we can contend for the next two, three years? Is that is this a long-term trade, do you think? Well, firstly, if we look at the acquisition itself, I mean, Jakob Pertl came in, he's a 27-year-old, so who wants to be at the Raptors? Of course, he was drafted by the Raptors a long time ago. He's uh, besties with Pascal Siakam. They call each other salt. I think they're salt and pepper as a kind of partnership. Um, uh, okay. they play well together um, and you know you didn't have to give us that mu- didn't have to give up that much it was Ken Birch who was getting zero minutes by the end yeah. um, the difficulty though was you gave away a 2024 first round pick now it was top six protected but I'm guessing next year the Raptors don't still want to be in this kind of mediocre rebuilding phase and if they are then they're potentially giving away you know a really really good pick and we've seen what the front office can do with kind of even even in those that 
range of 10 to 30 they can they yeah, can do work yeah, with yeah, those yeah. picks so that's a bit yeah. worrying but you're right in terms of what does he contribute this year adding to adding him to the roster will likely and we've seen in the last couple of games he has definitely improved the squad uh he's gone one-on-one in his last two games it was a really difficult odd game um that he started in but then last night against uh the pistons you could see despite fouling out making a clear clear difference especially in terms of rim protection he can make the raptors a play-in team a first round exit team maybe a second round exit team but what's the point like in terms of roster construction you're right in terms of look to the offseason you've got van vliet uh gary trent jr all potentially leaving ideally you re-sign gary trent but then do you really have the cap space to give van vliet what he wants instead he's walking for free you'll have a lot better chance of you know even if you gave him up for a couple of picks uh during this trade period you'd get more of a return because you would you would. i guess some some backers of the front office will look at that kyle lowry sign and trade of course we got precious to chew out of that and it turned out exactly. really good sign and but, trade. i think sign but, and trade is a potential option yeah but it just depends on who you want it with i mean i think we got lucky in that sign and trade i don't think that's a normal i don't think that's a normal thing uh you're not going to get well that <clears throat> i think we've tended to see uh sign and trades which have led to value for the team making the sign and trade when it's a you know a more valuable player i've like i remember with i think it was chris paul had a quite a valuable sign and trade at one point there were a couple where it was like all-star level players were getting signed and traded i'm not sure if van vliet is going to if we're going to be able to do that with a van vliet um because if we if we were to sign him to an undervalued contract, that's when we would potentially get a play in return, but then Van Vliet's not going to sign that anyway. So another team will just come in and go offer higher than we are anyway. So it, it doesn't really make much sense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything for for me to add. It just makes no sense to me. I, I have no idea why we didn't trade anyone. Don't know why we're looking to rebuild, uh, well, sorry, retool our roster to contend. Um, if if we make it into the play-ins, that I still think it's an if at this stage. Um, yeah, yeah, still like four games said, the best, below five hundred. It's it's difficult. We haven't got an easy. The schedule. best the best we're going to do is second round. So uh, maybe it's a long-term idea from Masayu Jury. Maybe he's looking to re-sign everyone and he thinks truly that this con- this roster will now contend. But I think if he thinks that's the case, I think he's being very optimistic. I mean, if you look at it, even without Van Vliet next year, it's not a bad roster. You know, you no. You've got Gary Trent, Siakam, third year Scotty Barnes, now Pertle in there. It's a good roster. Um, it is, and people are developing. But the problem is, why why give up on a possible return for Van Vliet? Yes, you know, like that's the big one. You've given that up basically. And yesterday's game against Detroit, he took twenty six shots. Scotty Barnes took six shots. And it's like, if you're, what are you prioritizing there? Like. Let's get this second year star shots instead of having Van Vliet play hero ball. Now he played well, right? I mean, I'm not, he scored 35 points off his 26 shots. That's fine. Yes. But, yeah. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's not going to improve. Like, why, a team that's 26 and 31, what they were before last night's game, why are you giving this vet point guard, like, the majority of the ball? instead of yeah, yeah. Scotty Barnes. It's just it's just confusing at the minute. And I know Nick Nurse is off for personal reasons, so the coaching isn't right there. 
Mm. Um, just the last bit with this Brettle trade. I just want to have a quick look at his first two games. Now, what people might notice is that although he's positively affecting the game, uh, he's also got 11 fouls in his first two games, including fouling out last night against Detroit. Um, in his time with the Spurs, he never fouled out. Now, I know they played a slightly more of a drop coverage, but with the Raptors, they don't seem at least yet to be kind of tunneling the traffic towards Pirtle. Instead, he seems to be playing the kind of same aggressive rotation style that the rest of the team play. Uh, do you think that will mm. change in future games? Now you've got a seven-footer, or do you think you just rely on him to adapt to the rest of the team? Kind of that, kind of that rushing, rushing defense uh, style that Nick Nurse seems to love. Kamel, I don't know, Kamel. We played a certain style of basketball for the past two and a half years. Are you going to now expect everyone to adapt to play more conventionally? That is a great question. It's a great question. I don't well, know. Well, I don't know Pertl, what the answer is. Pertl himself last night actually said, he said, you know, we have a very active style of defense. It's not something I don't know at all. I played that style before. He admitted it's been different to the last couple of years in San Antonio, but he did say it's definitely something I could do. Um, I mean, I mean, it's it's going to be a weird one. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't use we we need to change the way. system, bro. This is a guy who's actually got some level of rim protection. He can alter shots at the rim. We no longer need to bum rush every defensive possession, hope for a steal, or give up a wide open corner three or a dunk. We don't need to do that anymore. We've got a center now. So, but like, are you going to just now? adjust i just said it like we've had this system for two and a half years now you're just going to suddenly adjust it mid-season just because we've made the trade for the right player if this had been done in the off season we'd have the rotations and the you'd be able to have pre-season games adjust and adapt now now it's from that quotation it seems like they're going to force Pertle to try and play in in the way we've been playing but he's a seven footer he's not it's not possible for him to play like that anyway he's going to go from potentially being a plus defensively to being a massive defensive liability just because we're not going to be playing him in the right system. Bizarre. Well, well au contraire, and perhaps to round off the Pirtle discussion, against the Pistons, he was a team-high plus 11 on the floor despite fouling out. When he was on the floor, the Pistons just scored 94.1 points per 100 possessions. When he wasn't, or throughout the whole game, they scored 121.6 points per 100 possessions. So even with this system, he's making a difference. And uh, Adrian sample Griffin, the system Kuma. coach, I know That's it's a sample I'll, size, I'll go but back with. just one game. I know it's just one game and it is against kind of the G League Pistons, but, 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 mm -hmm. there is something there. There is something there. Mm. Uh, let's move on to rest of the league. Uh, I know you want to talk about some big trades. Firstly, maybe we focus on the East. Any massive trades or outgoings, I mean, there's some pretty obvious ones that could affect the Raptors should the Raptors make the playoffs perhaps you right. about, I mean you look at KD leaving for example um, I mean yeah now the Nets are no longer a playoff contender right with Kyrie and KD leaving um, yeah so that's very interesting I think um, I mean e even as part of the three-way trade you know uh, the one where the Bucks traded away five second rounders to get Jay Crowder um, even there, the Nets ended up trading, trading away some of their pieces. They ended up getting two second round pieces and that. So like the Nets have just like maximized as much value as they can get because Kyrie decided to leave. Also, what a t I, I, it's such a, 
Kari's decision is purely motivated by money because, of course, they he basically came to the understanding with the front office that they weren't going to give him the money he wanted in the offseason. That's why he made this trade request. But they were actually such a competitive team when they were both healthy and they both have they both were healthy just before Kyrie demanded this trade. Then of course KD went went down injured and they struggled um since KD's been injured. But they look like, you know, the best team of the league when they were both healthy. Uh so I think it's just it's just such a selfish, uh, selfish decision by Kyrie, in my opinion. Um, others may disagree, but I don't think this Mavericks team is a playoff. Con- like they're not. A I mean, they're looking really now. good. They're looking really good the last few. Yeah, yeah, but the Kyrie. rest of their roster still has too many issues. Kamel, they've got like the likes of Davis burst hands on that like massively bloated uh, contract, and who's literally not playing any minutes. Um, who, who? I can't remember who they gave up. Yeah, they gave up Dorian Finney-Smith, who had quite a large contract, who was causing, like, again, there was some trouble trouble with roster construction because of his contract, but they didn't give away Tim Hardaway Jr., which was another contract they were trying to get rid of, who obviously is now not going to get any minutes now that Kyrie's there. Like, this is not a team that's going to contend. So I think Kyrie, like, genuinely, I just can't believe it. Like, it's... It's just a, such a bad decision. It's so selfish. You could have actually won a title this year, in my opinion. Um, oh, with Brooklyn, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I'm I'm just saying I'm not betting against any team with Luca and Kyrie. Whatever, whatever the rest of the, constru- the roster construction is, I'm, <laughs> I'm just not I'm just not betting against them. Like I'm saying, WCF probably the ceiling, but. <laughs> But they, we can, they we can lose, agree to disagree on that, I think. They lose Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench, who basically was the replacement for Jalen Brunson. So it's like, as crazy as this might sound, like Spencer Dinwiddie is not the creator that Kyrie is, but like Kyrie's not this imaginably like massive upgrade on Spencer in terms of the reliability, at least you know you're going to get with Spencer Dinwiddie. Like Kyrie might... Like, who knows what might happen, but he might be out for like 10 games or 20 games or whatever at some point with the Mavs. He might become unhappy for whatever reason. Like, with Spencer Dinwiddie, at least he knew what you were getting um, with that certain level of reliability that he's always had. I... Yeah. In terms so, um, of what they get. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, we'll no, move I mean, on from that trade, but it does yeah, make I mean, sense to me. One other team is a bit more of a uh, contender with the Raptors for this playoff spot is the Knicks, of course, who uh, gave up Cam Reddish. Uh, Raptors legend V and uh, Ryan unpronounceable second name and a first round draft pick for Josh Hart traded with the uh, Portland Trailblazers there Knicks uh, Josh Hart is that the piece they need to launch them into those comfortable playoff spots uh, no. I think not I think it's no, Josh Hart is a very good player by the way that's not the issue he, yeah. he is like defensively can switch so many positions like he is a very good player but you would just you're not contenders so why are you giving up first-round picks? Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, that... someone should tell that to Masai, right? Um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, and uh, another Brooklyn trade. Sorry, but I, like Sorry the, like, West... I was just going to say with Cam Reddish, like, I think his NBA career is pretty much done now. You think? Like, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, no, he's been horrible for like two years. But like defensive liability and the fact that he can't really shoot, like he, I think within a year or two, he's going to be out of the league. That is bold it, I think, it's, you, but... you, you might say it's bold but it's actually not an opinion uh, it's 
okay, saying he's out of the year in a year or two, out of the league in a year or two is potentially bold, but a lot of people are noticing how his stock is just like it's really true. at it's an true. all-time low. He is getting some minutes though for the Blazers. Um, it's first the other day, eleven points, uh, two of five from three. But you're right, it, barely sustainable. Um, another Brooklyn trade, uh, five second-round picks for Jay Crowder. Well, no, no. So, yeah, Brooklyn were involved, but essentially it was so Milwaukee kind of who gave trade. up. The, yeah, it course, was Milwaukee yeah. who gave up those picks. Um, seems like a massive overpay because Jay Crowder is not the same Jay Crowder he was like two or three years ago. But let's see. He, whenever Jay Crowder gets traded, he suddenly to, becomes like a fucking supervillain and just destroys everyone. So I think that's what Milwaukee are hoping for. But it seems like a massive overpay in my Five opinion. Five picks, man. That is... Uh, well, Milwaukee, I guess... If you have Giannis, you just give up everything for Giannis, right? Just, just yeah. Try but and then win they back gave up. Look, look at who else they gave up as well. Like Jordan Wara wasn't bad for them off the bench. They gave up Serge Ibaka. Like it was. They gave oh, Ibaka's up a lot. washed. Like this is from a bigger Ibaka. Yeah, he's washed. Yeah. Um, any other any any other trades? We can we can move out west. I think. Um, obviously the Suns. Suns made a massive trade. They didn't trade with for Van Vliet in the end, of course. Um, but I mean, getting KD. Probably enough to push him over the line. Well, the, I think the massive part about this trade, Coom, they didn't give up Aiton. Everyone mm. is expecting them to have to give up Aiton, and they only gave up. Well, I only Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson are both very good players, and I think Cam, uh, Mikael Bridges at on the Nets, I think he's going to be like a twenty-point per game scorer, like because his efficiency in, in the Suns. Like I know he was always a catch and shoot guy, and you know that three and D type of player, but. His shooting splits for the last couple of years have just been phenomenal. And I do think he can also play more of a playmaking style. He just never got really the opportunity at the Suns, which makes sense. Um, so he could blossom into an all-star. Like, not this year, but as in next year. Um, I think the Nets maximise what they could... Well, yes, yes. Well, no, the Nets could have got Aiton in this trade, but I don't know. I don't know why they weren't able to. Um... But I guess it's smart from the Nets because they got Jay Crowder out of this trade, the Nets, and then Jay Crowder became five second-round picks as well. That's a great, so like, great. Pick. I mean, the, the Nets have done business. The Nets know how to rebuild. That's all we. That's all we can say. And Mikael Bridge. I mean, Mikael Bridges, such a, such a cracking young three and D player, to be honest. Um, and KD's not going to replace his defense, so it's it's interesting. Like. If there's a world no there's not a world they become worse as a result of this but like, there's a world where well I think you're going to see defensively I just do think they're going to have issues obviously you've got Chris Paul who's no longer like a plus defender like it's never been um, Bing's strong suit um, shooting guard what's his name <laughs> Devin Booker um, and then Aiton is not like an incredible defender as well KD's age you're going to require KD to play the defense he played in uh, Golden State I think yeah defense is going to be their problem but obviously offensively they, this sky's the limit really for them so last question in the east what does the trade deadline what does the impact that it has on the future standings who becomes stronger like, who's the team's most likely to be stronger? Who's the team's most likely to drop out now? We've already talked about the Nets probably slipping down the rankings. Although they are, you know, well over 500, so they could end up at least in the play-in. But 
otherwise who gets stronger who gets weaker um, no good that's a good question Kim. do you think the lakers getting what they by the way oh, the we're moving out west let's, let's okay let's start let's start out west because we do need to mention that lakers trade as well as in lakers this i think this trade line for the dead uh, lakers was incredible incredible yeah let's just go over it. i mean um russell beasley jared vanderbilt um kind of westbrook yuan toscono anderson damian jones first round pick um but it was, a, it was a, Mo it was Bamba a three as well, team trade as well and mobamba uh, of course yeah they get they get mobamba as well um great trade as well i think um, but no, with the Lakers, they essentially only gave up. They had two first-round picks to give up, and they only gave up one of them to mm. get Jared Vanderbilt, who's just up-and-coming young player, just exactly what they need as well defensively. Uh, maybe not the shooting that they require, but then they get the shooting in Malik Beasley, which is what they were begging for. And then D'Angelo Russell's actually been playing really well recently. And yeah, you remember again, you've been Raptors fans will remember it absolutely torched them in the recent game in the fourth quarter so yeah he's, he's yeah, coming yeah, yeah. hard at the right time as well for the lakers and, and shooting very well from three just amazing the fact that they get rui hachimura as well um for basically nothing uh when rui he's just not been given that much of an opportunity on washington like he's still i think he has a lot of potential as a player um the only thing the literally the only slight negative I would say for the Lakers is they traded away Thomas Bryant who's been one of their better players this year among all the mess that they had and they didn't get any first round picks for him I think uh, he went to the Nuggets so they made the Nuggets a better team than they even were yeah um, which I, I mean they did it, get it, it, uh, they got three three second round picks but I mean yeah yeah no it, it's still it's still pretty decent but Bryant might actually go to Nuggets and like he, he's going to be like the best uh, backup big in the league potentially so it, it They've made the best team in the West even stronger. Which what I about the Lakers, bit... though? Uh, you see a playoff push, a playoff comeback. I mean, obviously, doubts they'll even make the play in at the minute. Um... With, with this trade, if they'd made this trade at the start of the season, I think they would be title contender talks. Well, All so these no trades, doubt, no doubt they're going for the, no, no doubt they're going for the play in at the very least. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have to because they don't have that. Oh, pit. of course, the Jazz have obviously dropped off a little. Uh, they're not looking to compete. The Blazers probably not looking to compete with that trade of Josh Hart. Well, the the, the Blazers, uh, so the Jazz in this trade, I think they could have got so much more than a first rounder. They gave away, yeah, Malik Beasley, Vanderbilt, and Conley, like all players who were getting significant minutes in the rota in their rotations were good players for them. But I think the Jazz, what they want to do, Camille, they got rid of. Conley's and Beasley's salary. Both of them are owed 60 million in the next two years. So I think in this NBA trade deadline this summer, uh, sorry, the NBA trade offseason this summer, they're looking to sign one of the big uh, free agents. But I don't know who's going to go to a rebuilding Utah. So I I'm not really sure again what, what the idea is behind this trade for Utah. It seems like they gave up too much for Russell Westbrook. Do they want to keep Russell Westbrook? I'm, I'm not sure. Sure. But you know, I always see you as our Utah correspondent, Varal, and I'm, I'm a bit sad we didn't get to analyze the the two Raptors Jazz games this year. Uh, just the time. Oh no, they're not it. worth watching without Bogdan, Bogdan, Bogdan <laughs> uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, mate. Um, 
Where is where you, is Boyan now? Where's, where's Boyan going? I, I think he's still with the Pistons because I think he was one of the like guys every team was looking at because he's averaging like twenty a Ooh, year this he year. Dropped, being... He dropped thirty three last night against the Raptors. It is this because I get confused between the brothers. I think, but this Boyan is no, on no. The it is it, this is this is the second best player in the league? Yeah. So so he he like I was convinced he was going to get traded because I was like obviously the whole league wants this guy because they automatically like become like the top tier playoff <laughs> uh, title like contenders but yeah nobody traded for him even though he's like averaging 20 a game on a team that doesn't need him um but I was surprised he wasn't moved well great let's uh let's finish off by going back to the east uh and answering that eternal question um with this trade do the Raptors make at least a play-in I will start by saying definitely yes um because mm. they didn't get rid of any big pieces and they got a rim protector and they're looking pretty good the last couple of games maybe ignore the long-term future but they are making at least the play-ins this year I you could even argue they could make a push for not the play-ins um Ooh. I mean top Make six is up to the... top six is like they're five and a half games behind Miami in sixth place right now. Yeah, but I don't see Brooklyn. I just think they're gonna fall off a cliff block Brooklyn. So I, yeah, I'm really looking at the Knicks as being our main contenders for that sports because obviously now the Knicks improved. Um it's possible now, I think. We're only what how many games behind the Knicks are we? We're only four games behind the Knicks. So I think it's feasible. Yep, and uh we're gonna round off that trade episode there but we've got a few three easy games to come relatively easy you should say orlando pelicans at home and away at detroit once again uh but we'll the see pelicans ain't, they're, 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 oh come on man okay you're, I tell you what tell you what let's let's finish it. let's talk about the pelicans because they were they were involved in the trade trade market as well jay rich uh probably one of the spurs stars this year uh, went over uh, for Devonte Graham and four second rounders, so they're looking to they're looking to compete. Well, they are they are up there, bro. They're seventh. Um, they're, they're just over five hundred. They're seventh. Obviously, Zion's gone down again, so it's difficult. But no, that that's the issue. If Zion, had, well, if this is a big if, but like they were looking like they were up there. I think they were first in the standings at one point, and then Zion gets injured. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah. I'm just glad that uh, I'm just upset I don't get to see a Zion v Pertle matchup. Unfortunately, uh, I am uh, not sure ages. how that would have ended up. Battle for the well. ages. Oh uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean um, Raptors fans. Well, listeners will know that the first ever Raptors game I saw was Pertle being absolutely bullied by Demarcus Cousins, and uh, <laughs> I've never actually. It's taken a long time for me to change my mind about the Austrian. Uh, well, he's, yeah, he's yeah, coming. Yeah, exactly. He's coming to me now. About six years later, I finally see him. <laughs> who he is as a decent player. But God, that was a that was a messy start to life. Well, uh, that was thank a crime, you to crime scene. Yeah. Thank you to all listeners. This has been a bumper episode. We'll probably be back to our usual commuting length uh, next week. But I mean, there were a lot of trades. Not so much on the Raptor side, unfortunately. But around the league, that mm. will impact the Raptor standings. Viral, any closing remarks? Nah, man. It was, it was this. It was such an exciting trade line, line, probably more exciting than many of us thought it was going to be. So it was cool for the fans, I think. And yeah, it'll be fun to watch these newly constructed teams just to see what they can do. Great. We'll sign off. We'll see you after the next few games. Right. Take care, everyone.